Health Unwrapped is the conversation you need to hear to enhance your well-being from the experts at BioGlan. We'll be talking about trending health topics and ways you can make a difference to your health with leading experts discussing the latest developments in dietary supplements and, of course, natural foods. Nutrition is at the core of so much of our health and that is what I've learned the most through you know my career journey is it can be connected to everything like you mentioned fertility earlier it's got a massive connection to that almost every area of health you can link it back to what people are eating and so I kind of see it as the foundation of health in a lot of ways. I'm your host Natalie Silverman host of the fertility podcast and I'll be taking you on your wellness journey. Welcome to another episode of Health Unwrapped. And today the focus is on making sure you can really easily incorporate healthy eating into your everyday life. We don't want it to seem so difficult. And I'm really looking forward to welcoming Emma Hanson to the podcast. How are you, Emma? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to having a little chat. Well, first up, your Insta feed, your essentially Emma on Instagram, is beautiful. <laughs> now, Emma is a nutritionist and a food blogger, and you talk about wanting to showcase beautiful fee- foods. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just dish after dish of gorgeous looking <laughs> stuff on there. Do you take ages with the pictures? I they, do. They just look at like yeah. that as soon as they're made. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I take ages faffing around with it, much to my boyfriend's dismay when he's waiting to eat. Um, but yeah, no, I think we eat with our eyes. So, you know, why not make it look beautiful, really? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. my husband makes food look amazing, much better than me. But a lot of people do think that really eating well, healthy eating takes a lot of time, a lot of preparation. It's mm-hmm. expensive. What do you think about that? Um, I think that it can be very simple and really actually nutrition's not very complicated. If you go right back to the science of it, you know, it doesn't need to be difficult and, you know, it can be accessible for everyone. And sure, there's lots of, you know, expensive, fancy ingredients that can have great health benefits. But really, the things that you need are very simple. Um, and we'll probably get into that a bit later. But, you know, just as long as you're hitting your basics, you can be very healthy and it doesn't have to be expensive. Well, I want to talk about like different meals, breakfast, lunch and mm-hmm. dinner. Um when I was looking at some of your breakfast recipes on your blog, there was a lot of chocolate yeah, in there. Yeah. I mean, there was an oat, that that baked oatmeal recipe. Yeah. I definitely put a tip next to that. <laughs> Give me some of your, like, kind of top breakfast, lunch and okay. dinner tips. Yeah. Um, so do you want my favourites? Yeah, as well? go yeah, for it. Yeah. So breakfast, pretty much every day, I'm a bit of a creature of habit. I tend to have whole grain toast with peanut butter or almond butter. I absolutely love nut butter. Then I'll slice up some banana and some blueberries and then sprinkle a load of cinnamon on there. Um, I think, you know, it's some people truly aren't breakfast people and that's fine but most people need something to get them going and if you don't have something filling and nutritious at breakfast that's when your like 11am hangry slump happens um, so I think you know getting something good in at breakfast is important and it can be something easy like toast or if you want it on the weekend you know make pancakes or baked oatmeal or whatever then you know do you do make your own bread? I have attempted to a few times I had a sourdough starter going for a while but um, I went away and it died sadly it's like having a little pet um, I make things like banana bread, but no, I need to get back into doing it. So people are going to try and get better bread in their diet? Yes, yeah. What would you say? Um, I would say, obviously, you want to be getting a whole grain bread is really what's important. Um, Fibre is so, so important for our overall health. Um, and whole grains and especially kind of like brown bread is one of the best ways to do that. So a good whole grain bread with lots of kind of nuts and seeds and things like that in it is great. Um, sourdough is also great because obviously it's got that kind of, it's been made with live bacteria and even though it's been cooked, um, so that bacteria is still good for us. And some people find that they can tolerate sourdough better um, than other breads because the bacteria is already kind of broken down the uh, gluten a bit. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, lunch and dinner, if you want to mix it up, if you're taking yeah. lunch to work, for example. Yeah. So my tip with lunch for busy people is always if you're cooking in the evening and you're making dinner, you're already cooking, make, say you're cooking for you and your partner, cook four portions and then you both got lunch sorted for the next day. Most people have a microwave or something in their office. So that is always my number one tip because who wants to be faffing around making a separate lunch and also buying lunch every day can get really expensive really quickly. So that's always my number one tip. It doesn't need to be anything extravagant. And dinner? Dinner is where I like to kind of push the vote out a bit more, I think. But again, you know, you can just have a few, you know, staple dishes that you rotate between. And I think it's important to get variety for our nutrition, also for your interest. Um, so, you know, I try and cook a few different cuisines each week, but really a meal, as long as it's got some whole grain carbohydrates, a source of protein and um, some healthy fats and then some fruits or veggies in there, you're pretty much good to go. So that's kind of what I look for. So the more colourful, the better. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the colours of foods indicates the nutrients they've got in them so if you're looking at I don't know like a really dark leafy green bit of kale that's got certain nutrients in it beetroot is purple because of the nutrients it's got in it turmeric is the color it is because of the nutrients it's got in it um so the more colors of the rainbow you're eating so to speak the more nutrients you're going to be giving your body and that variety is really important for us and when it comes to how you're cooking them because there's obviously there's a whole raw food movement roasting things frying things steaming things yeah what would you say um so the one i would tend to avoid for most vegetables is boiling because um we've got certain types of vitamins are water soluble and if you boil a vegetable it all of those nutrients will leach out of it um so raw obviously you're not processing at all but a lot of raw vegetables are actually harder for our body to digest because of all the fiber and things like that in them which is why they're great for our gut so i always recommend a mixture you know have some raw and obviously things like fruit and that are raw but then have some you know gently cooked so steaming is great for vegetables or doing a little sauteing or roasting um but yeah boiling is the one i wouldn't tend to do and also who wants to eat boiled brussels sprouts yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. when it comes to things like meat-free mondays taking certain things out of your diet during the week how do you feel about that is that a good way to to think it i mean i know it's everything in moderation yeah yeah i think it's kind of whatever suits you and your lifestyle if it works for you to say i'm gonna have one day a week meat-free to be more sustainable or whatever reason you're doing it for then fine but if you're someone that likes to be a bit more flexible then just make it an overall goal to reduce your meat consumption like a lot of people say okay I'm not going to have meat at breakfast and lunch and then you've already got two meals of the day meat free so I think it's whatever works for you as long as you're not placing excessive restriction on yourself is yeah good in my books what would you class as excessive um so we're seeing more and more in nutrition obviously we've got kind of the more classical eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia but um orthorexia is on the rise especially with instagram um and you know this whole clean eating movement and that's just the obsession with healthy eating or clean eating so while these people may not be necessarily restricting their calories they might be saying i'm only eating raw blah 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 you know they're putting all these different labels on things and people might not recognize it immediately as an eating disorder but it can be you know these are people that avoid certain social situations because they don't like what's on the menu they don't want to eat that food and if it's you know having that sort of impact on your life then I think you know you really are excessively restricting and it it is a real you know mental illness at the end of the day that can have an impact on your life. Because I've learned in the work I do with the fertility podcast Mm. that people are going to that extreme and it sadly then can impact on your fertility yes, yep. do you think people don't then realize that, that if they think maybe a, a vegan or a, or a plant-based diet is 
more balanced. Yes. That restricting themselves does mean that they're then having yeah. maybe a detrimental effect on their bodies. Yeah, I think, you know, there's this assumption that a vegan diet is automatically healthier. And in a lot of situations, it can be. You know, if you're eating more plant foods, that is always going to be great for your health. But, you know, I've met plenty of vegans that, you know, don't eat that much and aren't actually eating that much fresh foods. You know, there's plenty of, you know, vegan takeaways and things like that out there. Um, and that's not to say that those aren't fine in moderation either. Um, but there's this assumption that vegan is automatically healthier, whereas, you know, you can eat, you know, fish and meat and things like that and still be healthy too. So it's all about what the specifics that you're doing rather than the label you're putting on your food, I think. Okay. Now, when it comes to good and bad fats. Yeah. Avocados. Yes. <laughs> so divisive because in the diet world, they're sins. Yes. I mean, the yeah. fact that, whereas they're in other ways, you know, such good fats. Yes. Can we overdo it? What's What's your view of the avocado? I think you can overdo any food, really. I mean, just from a, again, how much you're eating point of view. Um, but also, you know, avocados, there's a lot of talk at the minute about how they're not necessarily the most sustainable things either. They require a lot of water to make and um, they're shipped from quite far away. So if you're someone that's buying, I don't know, seven avocados every week in your food shop then I would say maybe yeah you want to rein it in a bit from a nutritional standpoint you know they're a great source of healthy fats and you're not you know going to poison yourself with too much of that but also you know you want to have that balance of macronutrients so if all you're eating is fat 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 and you're not getting enough protein enough veggies things like that then yeah you can be overdoing it but um, I don't think you're going to drop dead from eating too many avocados (laughs) yeah Other sources then of good fats and other sources of proteins. Give me some tips. Okay, so um, healthy fats really is all about, you know, kind of your oils. So things like olive oil, avocado oil, rapeseed oil are all great ones. Um, And then nuts and seeds, obviously avocados we've just spoken about, those sorts of things. Um, Also fish is a great source of omega-3s. And if you're vegan and you're looking to get omega-3s, you can look into, there's now some great vegan supplements um, that are made from algae actually um, for things like that. And then protein we're kind of looking at lean proteins so most plant proteins by nature already are lean proteins so that's things like chickpeas lentils um, tofu things like that um, if you're a meat eater or fish eater fish is wonderful as are you know is chicken turkey eggs things like that um, and red meat if you like it but yeah in moderation because it's got more of that saturated fat in it are you surprised at how big food has become in terms of our desire to know more and be better in what we're eating? Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I think the whole Instagram side of things is a bit more surprising. But really, I, you know, nutrition is at the core of so much of our health. And that is what I've learned the most through, you know, my career journey is it can be connected to everything. Like you mentioned fertility earlier. It's got a massive connection to that. Almost every area of health you can link it back to what people are eating. And so I kind of see it as the foundation of health in a lot of ways. So I think it's important that it's becoming as big as it is because I don't think it was getting the respect and the research it needed for a long time because you can't treat a lot of these conditions if people are eating a poor diet, for example. And I know you talk a bit about your journey to where you're at being linked to the restrictions you put on your own Mm -hmm. diet. And we know that social media plays quite a part in that. So do you feel that we are starting to understand better that we need to nourish and not see food as the enemy? Um, I think so. I think especially the last year or so, I think there's been a real positivity movement on Instagram with a lot of that 
Um, but there's still a lot of people that are promoting, even if they're not, even if they don't realise it, they're promoting restriction. And as a professional, I have to be very careful about what I share about what I eat every single day, because people can look at that and think, then I should be eating the exact same thing. But the reality is we are all so different that you should never take what someone else is doing as gospel and, you know, take it on your own life because, yeah, everyone's requirements are so different. What really gets your goat when people think they're being healthy and they're not something that they're it's, eating that's so wrong? <laughs> oh, there's so many. Um, Give me five. Okay, okay. I think detox has got to be the number one okay. up there. And I think if you speak to any nutritionist or dietitian, it really grind their gears. And that's just because, again, most of these things, it's a lot of marketing behind it. I would say any sort of, yeah, detox cleanse. Um, another one is alkalizing foods. So like alkaline diets, blood pH diets. Those are a big one as well. Charcoal products that kind of falls under the detox one really and there's just so many unregulated supplements out there and I think it's actually quite dangerous for consumers a lot of the time like you can buy so many different things on Amazon these days and oftentimes they're not you know really well regulated at all and you know they'll put labels on them like natural organic or whatever but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy and good for you consumers are being misled a lot these days well we've talked on the podcast um, before about Mm evidence-based and how if you are going to supplement then you need to have that science as yes, you just yeah. said behind it and would that be a key part of if you're kind of tailoring a bespoke diet for somebody what yeah. you'd what you'd set out to just make them understand or help yeah. them understand yeah exactly so I find a lot of the times when you're working with a client it's almost you've got to do a lot of work stripping back the information that they've taken on from friends family social media the news and like you say almost kind of reset them and say okay so these are the actual health problems that you've got this is what is proven to work for those health problems you know I don't want you to to take any other supplements other than these things because everything we eat and everything we take in interacts in some way or the other so you need to be careful with that and just because certain probiotic worked for some person it doesn't mean it's going to work for the specific condition you've got so that is why you know you should always work with a qualified healthcare professional that's suited to the you know condition you're looking for help with because you're you're playing detective ultimately yeah 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 and and diet's a tough one actually because there's so many different elements of it it can be really difficult for example someone with gut problems to trigger exactly you know to find what is the trigger for their problems because they they're eating so many different nutrients in one day and it can just be one tiny thing that setting them off so it is a <laughs> it is a detective game yeah so for example you've got somebody who's suffering with fatigue somebody who's maybe come to you and they're pregnant and they want mm-hmm. to optimize their pregnancy somebody who is doing a lot of exercise I mean yeah is, is there a common place to start yeah absolutely so I kind of touched on this earlier you know about what a kind of healthy balanced plate of food looks like and that is having lots of whole grains to get the fiber and fiber is good for pretty much everyone there are a few you know kind of gut conditions where too much fiber can be difficult um protein is important for everyone no matter what stage of life you're in healthy fats are important for everyone so those building blocks are always going to be the same but for example a pregnant woman is going to have slightly higher requirements for things than uh, you know someone who's not pregnant is so that we might need to kind of tweak a few things to make sure they are getting a bit more calcium to support baby's bone development and their milk production and things like that. So there's a few tweaks, but really the building blocks or those macronutrients are the same across most groups. Can we talk about sugar? <laughs> yeah. Because I think sugar is so potent well yes. we know it is. Yes. I mean, I know personally that it's a, you know, it's a vice and, and um keen to talk about how you can reduce it Mm -hmm. sugar replacements Mm -hmm. because 
I know, and it's so habitual that kind of, you know, sometimes in the evening and you just yeah. have a cup of tea and you fancy something yeah. sweet or yeah. certain times you've done something, you know, the, the association we have with it being a reward and all yes, those different yes. behavioural <laughs> things that are an issue. Yeah. But how can you? It's a it's a hard thing to reduce sugar in your diet. I know it's not yeah. literally hard, but, but yeah. you know, from our, our habits. Yeah, and advice? I think it's in a lot of things that people don't realise. So I think, you know, when we're talking about reducing your sugar intake, people automatically are like, yeah, I'm going to have less sweets, less fizzy drinks, less sugars in my tea. Those are the easy ones. But actually things like salad dressing, sauces, you look at ketchup and kind of salad cream, those sorts of things have lots of sugar in them too. So I think there's a lot of easy places you can make swaps just by buying the kind of, there's ones now that have half the amount of sugar in them. That's an easy way to do so. Um, Same thing with watching your sauces when you're eating out and things like that. Um, And I think it's all about balance and moderation because you're never going to be able to cut it out completely. And at the end of the day, if you enjoy having a little bit of chocolate in the evening and that's your routine, then keep that in. But maybe say, okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, change up my breakfast a bit. Um, Another area that has a lot of sugar is um, cereals and granolas and things like that so breakfast can be a good one to target too Um, in terms of replacements so I think it's important to touch on there's this kind of whole natural sugar thing at the minute but and that's things like kind of honey maple syrup agave and at the end of the day they all have sugar in them too and sugar is broken down into the same molecules in our body and there's not much difference between them so yeah sure you know put some maple syrup on your pancakes because it tastes nice but it's not automatically healthier than white sugar the only way you're truly going to replace the sugar without you know having any sugar is with sweeteners um and I think for some people, they can be great. I don't tend to recommend them, you know, to everyone. I think there's lots of ways you can reduce your sugar and still keep some in your diet and be healthy. Um, but if I were to choose a sweetener, I think the stevia ones are good. You know, they are ones that are kind of from a natural origin. But the research on sweeteners is still out. We don't have that long term research like we do with sugar to say that, you know, it doesn't have an impact on this, that and the other. So I always say reduce sugar as you know, much as you want, as much as you can. Don't feel like you need to cut it out completely and yet use sweeteners in moderation. And another thing to think about um, with fibre as well is, you know, there's lots of ways you can get it in in your diet, but um, sometimes supplements like inulin can be really good. So inulin's from chicory root and it's just a really easy way to take some fibre. So certain people, particularly if you're struggling and you're a bit constipated with those number twos, um, it's a really easy thing that you can add into your food and drink. I always recommend trying to up your fibre intake through your food, but for some people, you know, supplements really can be beneficial particularly if you're having a particularly clogged up period let's say other other ways then um that people can increase their fiber yeah. obviously we've got the supplement side yes what else would you say um, so you know picking brown whole grains every time so you know brown bread brown pasta brown rice all of those sorts of things um including you know if you're a plant-based eater you're going to be getting a lot through chickpeas lentils are great sources and even if you're a meat eater incorporating more of those things into your diet can be great too but really it's just those whole grains are really the best source for us and lots of fruit and veg thank you lots to think about and i think it's just that assumption that it takes so much time and prep and planning, but you do need to plan to a yeah, point, don't yeah. you? I mean, would you say I struggle with this whole idea of planning my week's food? Yes. So if you're that kind of person like me and you're not that, yeah. you want to plan, but you can't necessarily plan every meal. I suppose yeah. it's just getting an overview of good things that you need to have in your basket. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the kind of medium ground that I recommend to people is to, instead of coming up with what breakfast, lunch and dinner is going to be every day, sit down on a Sunday and think, okay, what are five 
five meals I'd like to have this week and buy in the bits for those and then you can chop and change which days you have that those on and as I said earlier you know if you're doubling up those so you've got things for lunch and then breakfast just have an assortment of your usual breakfast things you know it doesn't have to be complicated and some people thrive off of knowing what they're going to have every every meal and every snack but if that doesn't work for you just having like I said those you know routines of I know I can make risotto with just these few ingredients for example and having those in your house is a good way to start. Well we are going to be speaking more with Emma about some recipes um, to give you even more ideas of what to do but for now people can follow you on your beautiful looking Insta. (laughs) Yeah so my Instagram's at essentially.emma and then I also have a website blog for people that prefer to kind of save and read recipes that way and that's www.essentiallyemma.co.uk but I'm on Instagram all the time. If You've got a lot of recipes touch. on your Instagram. Yeah, it must yeah. take a while to write. Uh, yeah, they do, they do. I mean, they're always things that I'm eating anyway, so I always reap the benefit from it. Um, and they're always recipes that I test in my own home. So it's not too it's not too bad, but it does take time. Um, but people like seeing them on Instagram. So yeah. Do you let your other half cook? Um, I would say maybe about ten percent of the time. He okay. enjoys eating my food, I so bet. I think he he does the dishes some of the time. So we've got a good balance going. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Make sure you subscribe via your favourite podcast app to stay up to date on Biogun's commitment to your wellness. And to find out more about our products, follow us on Instagram at Biogland Supplements, on Facebook at Biogland UK, or visit biogland.co.uk.